93.9. You're listening to Derek McCutcheon's Rebellious Jukebox. On Cam Glen Radio. Welcome to Rebellious Jukebox here in Cam Glen Radio on 107.9 FM with me, Derek McCutcheon, with you for the next couple of hours. Yes, that was Scars there with Horror Show, something that I played before. And I'm pleased to say that the Scars featuring Tam Dean Burner are going to be playing in Glasgow soon and also through in the Voodoo Rooms in Edinburgh. And Paul and Tam from the band are going to be chatting tonight as well. So, so Paul's here. We will be speaking to Paul shortly and we will get a hold of Tam as well. So that's coming up and there's some new music as well. So a lot of exclusives tonight and uh, we'll maybe even find out about the Horror Show single, which was, um, that was released in Fast Records back in 1980. 79 79 there, <laughs> there from the horse's mouth 
That's coming up. Here's Helicon. They've got a new album coming out. They've just released another single from it. This is Tay the Moon.
Helicon there with Tay the Moon. Look out for the new album. I think it's to be released shortly. Now, House of All, they're all former members of The Fall. There was a wee bit of controversy surrounding them then at first with the, the Marquis Smith estate. But anyway, they've got an album on its way and they've released another single from it. This is Magic Sound. Magic 
That was House of All there with Magic Sound. As I said, all ex-members of The Fall. Now I'm pleased to welcome Paul and Tam to Cam Glen Radio. Welcome both. Hi. Hi there. Hi, Derek. Hi, Tam. Hi, Tam. How are you? Yeah, good, good. So, let's see where this starts then. So, the scars featuring Tam Dean Byrne, is that as a consequence of Big Gold Dream and the Hungry Beat book and, and such like? Well, let me, uh, I'll take that one, yeah. So we had a, a concert, a kind of a, a book launch on the 21st of November last year in Edinburgh. And Tam was uh, singing and me and John were playing and it sounded very much like the Scars. And we thought, well, this is obviously going places and we've just taken it from there. And when that was going to set up then, Paul, how did, what made you think of Tam? How did Tam get involved? Well, you know, I was involved first. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. You tell us then, Tom. Yeah, well, um, I'd been asked, I was comparing the night, it was the Edinburgh launch of the Hungry Beat book, and um, Douglas McIntyre had asked me to compare it and do a reading from the book, and then to do a few songs. Um, and to start with Never Been In A Riot, the first fast single uh, by the Mekons. And then today, or a show in Adult Array. Um, so that was quite gobsmacking all in itself. And then when you told me that the Mackie brothers are, are coming up today as well, they oh my God. <laughs> um, but uh, it was a brilliant night. Yeah, and I went to the Glasgow launch. I didn't get to the Edinburgh launch, but obviously uh, it was a slightly different night in respect of the performance. That was obviously more Glasgow-based as well. Yeah. Now, now, Tam, you're a bit a victim of your own success and the fact that you know people know you as an actor and a performer, but people don't maybe realise that you were a musician uh, back in the day and still a musician as well. Well, I don't know about I mean, especially in present company, I don't think I could be considered a, a musician really at all, and that, so that that's why I would be the singer, <laughs> Derek. Um, so you know they were the budding musicians that I was working with at the time. That um, my wee brother Russell and David Henderson and Graham Main in the Dirty Reds, mm-hmm. um, but uh, and prior to that, even like Dave Carson and. Andy Copeland and that, you know, that had been Flowers, Boots for Dancing and that. But the real musicians around at the time were those Mackie brothers mm-hmm. and uh, Callum Mackay on drums um, as, you know, the original Scars. Um, whereas I just never, you know, set myself that objective of learning an instrument um, so I could get away with shouting. <laughs> Yeah. But you then you did you obviously remained in the creative industries as well. Anyway. Aye, absolutely, and I've become a musician in my sixties. Mm-hmm. Like I'm now uh, in the brass eye community brass band, uh, playing the baritone horn, which I last played when I was eleven. But I've also just been getting to grips with piano and uh, like on keyboards and and even guitar a bit now as well because uh, I see the value in it totally. But these boys. They were doing it from... When did you start, Paul, playing well, that guitar? Yeah, I, I got a guitar when I was 14. Um, yeah. My cousin yeah. Jeff uh, bequeathed me one. And, uh, yeah, I never really looked back since then. Uh, 
I was playing instruments before that, so I played the violin at school, had piano lessons. And uh, it, it's funny, just like you say, it all kind of adds up and goes into, you know, the way you play today. And I know these are kind of connected to, you know, all the bands that you mentioned there, Tam, you know, through the Fast Records and the different things that were getting created through there. But did you all know each other? Was it part of a scene? Totally. Um, yeah, I mean, because it was a very small scene in Edinburgh, you know, uh, in terms of the, like, the punk scene. So it was, then we went because we got a base, you know, there was there was a pub, the Wigan Pen, that I think the Scars even had a residency in, Paul, is that right? We, I think we played our first ever gig in Edinburgh, or maybe the second one at the Wigan Pen. Aye. The, the Scars... The Scars, the uh, Dirty Reds, the, fire, the guys that later became the fire engines were yeah. all actually at the same school at the mm -hmm. same time. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it, it was a very kind of like small scene, as you say. What age were you, Paul, when the Scars happened? Um, seven. Well, we we kind of invented the Scars at, when I was 16, but we didn't actually get off the ground until I was 17. I remember in, in February 1977, already feeling the urgency that yeah. you know, this has got to be this year. It's got to be right now. And, there, uh, there was this revol revolution, wasn't there? And, and I, was, well, I was I was, 14 and 77, and, and I used to go in the town, in Glasgow every Saturday and hang about at the bandstand, all the bands. I never became a musician, but I was in a group, but it was maybe more of a gang. And, uh, you know, music was just that total focus. And the, the kind of revolution side, it was that, you know, MD can do it. Up until that point, I think we had, you know, the kind of prog rock bands and expensive equipment, and it was, you know, it was, you'd never thought about getting into music, I guess. Yeah. It was also coinciding perfectly with the end of school and the beginning of whatever comes after school, which yeah. you don't really know, but mm -hmm. you, want it, you want it to be something that you want, so you this is the opportunity to kind of like really push for what you want. We played, uh, we kicked off a horror show, when did, when did that happen? Was that right early doors with the band? Well, actually, adultery came first. I think when we when we made that record, we were thinking, although officially it was a double A side, we were thinking in terms of adultery as being the track that kind of got everybody going. Mm. That one was based on kind of disco music. Me and Matt wrote it one day after seeing Saturday Night Fever at the at the cinema, and so it was meant to be a kind of disco -y tune. The other side was, the horror show was very much the other side of that. And, and for the Scars, that meant dark, you know, maybe heavy sounding. It didn't get that well reviewed when it came out. And uh, I kind of rethought, oh, maybe this is not. But actually, you know, times times passed, and now horror show is the one that most people latch yeah. on to. It's funny that, you know, that uh, when Douglas is doing his book, you know, he makes a big thing about the Mekons and, you know, the criticism they were getting. And, you know, you know I mean, it was, it was revolutionary time. So, you know, I mean, I mean, there's things like the Pratts and all that. I mean, I've, I've got the Pratts album in the house, you know, uh, and it was pretty lo-fi, wasn't it? Yeah, the whole sort of listening criteria was, wasn't really meant to be entertainment as such, you know. It's mm. kind of like breaking away from everything. Not just musically, but attitude-wise, and and also, you know, breaking away from punk as well. It wasn't like yeah. a uniform punk. And putting a record out, what was that like? 
Well, just uh, imagine the most exciting, thrilling, validating, uh, amazing thing that could ever happen to you and multiply it by 50. <laughs> yeah, of course. Now, and, and signing to a record label then, how did, how did that happen? Um, well, the actual signing part uh, happened in a kind of blur of overexcitement, probably. Uh. And, uh, you know, I've looked back on it as a grown-up thinking, well, why did, why, why did that happen? But, um, yeah, so it, it kind of it seemed inevitable. We, we tried really hard to, to sync with Bob Last and, and Hillary. We, we knew they were kind of the right people for us. It was like a big gang altogether. And we thought it was inevitable that we would get a chance to make a record with them. But, you know, um, that's the, the confidence of youth. Mm. Uh, I now realise, you know, that it was kind of hanging by a thread most of the time. It could have been anybody else, uh, anybody else's turn as much as ours. And was that good or a bad thing? It was great. Mm. It was the best thing. You know, I mean, people nowadays, it's a totally different industry and, you know, and. You know, in my mind, and I'm not a musician at all, but you know, sometimes signing for a record label, you know, with advances and there were loans and making albums and the pressures, you know, maybe stifled the creativity. I never understood the music business at all, how it worked, or and when I found out that signing for a record label meant basically getting a loan like you could get from a bank anyway, mm. I just didn't really understand <laughs> why would you do that. Um, you know, we did it. We didn't. I don't remember getting a big advance um, or any money really from Fast Product. But what we did get was, um, you know, the brand. We were part of their movement. We we got tour support. And we played with the Human League. We were acknowledged by the Buzzcocks and the Banshees. And mm. Our heroes had suddenly heard of us. Yeah, and you played Glasgow supporting the Banshees as well. Yeah, we played with them quite a fair bit, actually. I think it's seven gigs altogether we did, with, including the famous one where they actually split up. Mm. And, and Tam, you know, I, I posted today, actually, a, a video of yourself with the bum clocks. And uh, I, I mean, I looked at that, that was quite some time ago. Would that be 13 years ago now? Yeah, yeah. And uh, tell us about yeah. the bum clocks. We'll, we'll, we'll play a track. Let's keep it. Let's keep because my head's still buzzing we uh, <laughs> ruined a bit there because that that period I mean they were that was the first Scottish single on Fast Product yeah the Scars and God oh yes we were just so jealous you know to be, have a single loop was just like unbelievable um, to Oyas and it was so exciting like Paul said for all of us as well in that way I mean because it was making it up as you went along so much ways of that as well. It wasn't like there was some set record label approach or way that things worked that you were going to be slotting into or that it was a big sort of machine and there were people in charge that knew what they were doing and everything like that. It was all completely a form of busking it the, you know, all the way through um, which was amazing to be be part of and that. I mean, it's funny because they, there was that period before that where it was like that as well. A lot was changing. I mean, it's, of course, music is, especially pop music, is inherently about that. Um, but I just painted to see the uh, Aladdin Sane 50th anniversary exhibition on at the uh, at the South Bank. 
because I'm doing a London now, and the most amazing thing is that about that with that cover for Aladdin saying that Tony de Vries recognised make this as expensive as possible because that way the record company will pay attention because they're going to have to try and recoup recoup that debt. So with the photographer, they went completely for that of trying to make it the most expensive way, but even to this. There was a the printing technique that with Bowie and Silver in the gatefold sleeve, you know, in the middle of that, there was only like one place in Switzerland that did that form of printing. The silver, boom, let's go for that. And uh, they were making it up, you know, as they went along as much as 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 we were. Mm. But obviously they were dealing with fucking mega bucks on that score and that's what you sort of start to get caught up in ways and that's what that's what happened with with the scars as well once it sort of later it moved on to uh the later stage of the, the album and everything the studios everything like that it all becomes a, a different sort of ball game but in big tours but that period where it was about the singles, about putting things out as fast as possible, and those dates as well, because I think it was like with Joseph K. Scars, they got loads and loads of support dates in in Scotland because it was all starting to happen in terms of you know two bands coming to Scotland, and uh, they did loads, and then and then over you know, start becoming internationally and all that as well. But uh, that that little period of a couple of years, really, at the most, sort of 79, 80, even in 81, it, start, it was starting to change, um, was quite incredible. And the book really puts that across because it is all these people that were there at the time speaking in their own words. And... One of the biggest things, because I've been doing radio shows based on it, I've done uh, 77, 78, and 79 as sort of hour-long shows with the music of the time and the feeling and with those, with me speaking the people's words in it. And it's the, one of the key things is about how young they all are. There's like, my brother was 15, there's like that, David Henderson 16, but 17. Whereas I was just that wee bit older, I was like 19. And, uh, um, and it was just this stuff being created by people so young and it being so sophisticated, you know, look how it still stands up so well now as an absolutely classic single uh, horror show of the Dollarys. It's just... It's, it's astounding. It still is astounding, you know, and that's why it's sort of... People are finding that, you know, it's getting recognised. People that didn't know about it at the time, in some ways it was like, like you're saying about Glasgow, the uh, people know a bit more about Postcard and Orange Juice and stuff like that, but, I mean, still loads of stuff they don't know, but lots of people didn't know really about fast product uh, at all. And, um, and I know you said it was a small scene, Tam, but it seemed to be moving faster through in Edinburgh than it was in Glasgow. I know you're mentioning Postcard there, but it came a bit later as well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing we had in Edinburgh was we had the opportunity to bet on gigs, to play live. 
and we were discovering all sorts of venues that had never been used before. It wasn't just following some sort of set procedure of this is where bands play. Invariably, we didn't play any of them at all. You know, that uh, we, you know, we'd play the Valentino's nightclub, uh, and then it's like the YMCA um, or. Edinburgh University Communist Society was our first gig the Dirty Reds and the Fire Engines was Leith Community Centre um, there was all the sorts of amazing venues discovered yeah. Annandale Street bus station yeah, yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. a tour of Edinburgh <laughs> yeah. and that was feasible whereas in Glasgow the council banned punk so you had to go to Paisley or that, yeah. you know, that sort of thing and that really knocked things back it took a lot longer for things to get moving in uh, Glasgow than it did in Edinburgh. Yeah. Socially, people were meeting in record shops, uh, you know, in the same type of way. <laughs> it was a weekend, everybody went to the record shops, gathered and talked there. But it was then being able to actually put on the gigs uh, that we were far ahead. And also we had much better licensing laws in Glasgow as well. So you could get late drinks. Uh, just in a pub uh, in loads of places. Yeah, was there was an issue in Glasgow as well, wasn't there? Paying for entertainment as well, so yeah. that kind of restricted bringing bands, touring bands. Yeah, yeah. Shall we yeah. play some music? Mm. Shall I let you guys, one of the new tracks, let you guys pick one? Oh, wow. Go on, Paul. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, well, uh, we've just, uh, actually, we've just uh, released a new video today. Um, uh, for one of the tracks, so why don't we play that? It's called Dancing Waddy. He does. Dancing Laddie The music reaches a natural end 
to put it on again. We hope to find a tactile friend, the friendly dancing laddie. But now they're knocking at the door. The empty beer can't blame the floor. He's had enough, but he still wants more. The gala's dancing laddie. He's had too much, but he needs some more. The gala's dancing laddie. That's up. That's up. That's up. That's up. Dancing Laddie, so there's a video out for that today. Who can tell me about that one? Yeah, I'll, I can talk about this. So, the uh, the video is done by Scratch on Scratch Super 8 film. So, uh, the, the very good friend of ours called Rose Allen, uh, is famous in her own right as a musician. She was a bass player with the Mekons original lineup and with Delta 5. And, uh, when we first started working on that song, which is the late 1980s, uh, Roz put together this uh, excellent video. And then, um, so, uh, which, you know, has been seen and then forgotten about over the time. And as has the song itself, we played it at a few gigs. Me and John uh, continued with the Scars after the heyday. And then we, you know, continued with the other bands with different names, but still me and John. And they, that was one of the songs that we did. And then, uh, so fast forward to this year, and uh, we're looking for good songs to introduce into the set. And we're looking for a new sort of vibe that doesn't just focus on songs in a minor key. And uh, we decided to, to revive Dancing Laddie, brought it back. And turns out we're still playing at the same tempo, so we're reusing <laughs> the original video. And Tam, how is it for you picking up? But no, I guess she's got a set, you know, put together for these gigs that are coming up. So, how was it picking up all these for you? Well, it's been an absolute joy um, and a gift. Uh, I mean, we've we're doing horror show and adultery, but we're not really doing other songs, other scar songs from the era. But they did do quite a lot of cover versions that are so wonderfully theatrical uh, and mean so much to me for when I was uh, growing up as well, like Billy Porter, you know, Mick Ronson, and next, Alex Harvey. I mean, Sensational Alex Harvey Band were such a massive inspiration to me in terms of the idea of combining music and theatre, you know, some mm. performance characters and all that type of level. I just absolutely loved them um, back in the day. And uh, 
Sankamodo, Cockney Rebel as well, totally loved that. So it, it's that was a sort of good foundation that there was these, but then they've got a lot of songs like Dancer Laddie that are just fitting in perfect as well. We're sort of developing new material. So we've got such a range that is becoming, uh, you know, us us becoming this band. Um, you know, that's we're just sort of growing into it. Because uh, one of my biggest tasks, really, for the, apart from actually just learning the words, is like to not do impersonations of Steve Harley and Alex mm-hmm. Harvey, uh, that 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 type of thing, to to make them my own, um, and that that sort of only can come in a way through time. You know, you're working on it, so it's being able to get opportunities to develop stuff. And the, the, your show, Derek, that's what was a great step up for us, that because you know we've been rehearsing for the two gigs, but it's all at a distance as well, because. Callum is in Switzerland, and you know, and John's in London, and Paul's in Edmund, and I'm in Glasgow. So getting together isn't he easy? Easy, um, yeah. But we could work it that then not just rehearse for the the songs for the show, but that for the those shows at the CCA and on the sixth of May, and uh, at the Voodoo Rooms in Edinburgh on the seventeenth of June, but this opportunity now to do this and do the songs to do a demo last Sunday for this was a total gift and it was a, it's such a great help for us. <laughs> and yeah. are we taking this forward, you know, recording? Any thoughts there, Paul? Yeah, well, definitely. Um, I think all of us have been so blown away by the, the kind of the energy and the wit and the, the, the kind of the brightness of the whole recording experience and what came out of it, that we would like to go on and, re- and record the rest of the set and do an album, who knows. The, the, the thing is that we're on the cusp of, we're also writing more new material as well. And as in addition to the glam stuff, the theatrical, the post-punk elements that we already embodied, we've also introduced new, uh, new styles, new flavors like the spoken word stuff mm-hmm. uh, John is writing poetry we're putting some of that together and then there's the whole the whole continent as yet unexplored of other other instruments because you know we all play other instruments yeah and, and I, 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 I spoke to you Paul about how it seems to just fell back to you know the it's recognisable as a scars, but you've you've built a music career since then, you know, in, in various different genres and that. So, you know, going back, was it just natural? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is I'm, I'm now I'm now just uh, accustomed to saying it to myself. This is what the way I play guitar. You know, okay. it, it's always going to sound like that, and it doesn't matter what kind of guitar I'm playing. You know, that's me. So. Uh, and that's the sound I make, you know. I'm I'm proud of it. I'm quite happy with it. You know, I'm never going to be a, a heavy metal shredder, yeah. uh, but I've got my own thing, and that's what I do now. And you mentioned you did you pick up one of your old guitars to take yeah. the sound back? Yeah. Well, we've got, we we had a bit of a concept uh, in that we were gonna uh, we were gonna start addressing music from the very basics, the very earliest 
Uh, Scar's recordings and gigs were done with single coil pickup guitars, like Strat style guitars. Mm. And uh, so I got the one that I gave to my son for Christmas one year, and I just quietly, but gently but firmly, retrieved it for myself, and that's the one that I'm playing at the gigs. <laughs> and you had a, that you reformed in 2010. Was that always a one-off? Was well, we we kind of had the same excitement about playing together as we as we've had this this time again. So I suppose that was a game changer in that it gave us confidence that myself, John, and Callum would always be able to put a band together. Mm. You know, wherever we are in the world, and you know, we just will because it seems to be totally imprinted on us how to play together now. Um, yeah, so that that was important and special and. We did have hopes that it might go on um, a bit longer than it did, but, you know, hey, that's life. But there's a spark, there's something else happened this time. Yeah, I think what we've got now is kind of, we've got a bit more of a democracy, we've got a bit more uh, open discussions about aims and objectives mm. from an artistic point of view. And I, I don't want to make it sound too highfalutin, but we actually do talk about what we're trying to achieve as well as just hopefully and blindly striking out. <laughs> I think we'll play another song, so we've got two more. What should we pick this time? Oh well, and this this time I think we should uh, we should definitely go for uh, Darkness Falls. Right, so this will be in the set as well. Oh yeah.
Scars featuring Tam Dean Burn and Darkness Falls. Now, can I ask about the subject matter of the songs? I think we mentioned off air, Paul, and I did write it down. It's I've wrote down dystopian here. Is that a fair comment? It, it's dystopian. I can only answer for half of the song because this is a rare, that rarest of things, a collaboration between me and John. Mm. And the lyrics are the first verse is his, the second verse is mine, and then the, with the third verse it's kind of... Uh, Bowie-style uh, cut-up between the two of us. So we can ascribe meanings to that afterwards. Somebody thinks it's about children. Some people think it's about dealing with uh, dealing with uh, unwelcome futures. Uh, I don't know, it sounds a bit vague, doesn't mm. it? And you, you did mention that maybe songwriting further down the line and stuff uh, have you thought about that? Is that something you've started? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did. I was. I worked on uh, on uh, lyrics for that as well for Darkness Falls. Uh, but it was sort of at the time when I had blue as well, really white. And then, a, but I would sort of listen back to it or you know, go for it. It was like I thought this is more like fucking cryptic crossword clues rather than <laughs> song lyrics. And, uh, so it, you know, it's all a process, really. Like these are, are, are demos in that way and that as well. And we're just developing different songs are finding their own sort of paths, you know. Because like that was, I think, right, right in saying Paul that that was a that had been the basis for an old Scars number, a different one, different lyrics, and that as well. And that it's like we're we're, you know, we're finding different ways with different songs because the thing with me I didn't want to really you know sort of queer raps pitch you know I knew rap from, he grew up over the back green for me and you know that it was uh, he, he was amazing as a front man and he wrote amazing lyrics in loads of ways and that uh, it's I wasn't here to you know sort of emulate him in that way that we definitely pray paid tribute a um, horror show and adultery you know they're brilliant songs but we're finding our own way into this and so it is a different form of scars we're not really going to be doing those numbers that would were from before um it's it yeah like i say finding sort of different routes different with different songs as you'll hear with uh, the next one but i'll know preempt that mm-hmm. um, which is well I will say it's a poll number which uh, is 
great. <laughs> I guess it must be, you know, you're disparate around, you know, quite far away from each other. I guess getting in the studio and getting in the same room, that you know, when it comes to songwriting, that's where, where things will happen, I guess. Yeah, I, th I always find that the best thing to do is try to keep it as open as possible for as yeah. long as possible because inevitably with the band it, it will, you know, become formulaic in the sense that, you know, things start to sound like each other the longer you do it. Mm. So at the very beginning, in some ways, is the greatest time because, you know, you throw in a bit of violin here or a megaphone there or uh, a poem here instead of a lyric and so on. Or maybe just the drums for this song. And uh, if you can keep that kind of uh, freshness and, and kind of openness to new ideas for as long as possible, it probably is a good thing. Yeah. And yeah, obviously, the, the, everything's working towards the two gigs just now. But what's the plans beyond that? Is there a plan? We've not got set plans beyond that. You know, I mean, it's a bit like we. Uh, I remember uh, when Brian Eno was on with Eggy Pop on Radio Six and talked about um, a band with, with no business plan. And that's it's like we've not got any plan. We're not sort of thinking, right, if we play our cards right, we can get on that sort of revival circuit where they have loads of bands from the era and we can slot into that. You know, any of that sort of... We're no, we're no, we're no looking for... We'd, we'd sort of take it as it, as it comes. And what we could uh, actually do is... I, I just realised, Derek, that Camelgun Radio is actually setting our agenda... <laughs> because it was your idea to have us uh, recording uh, for this show and you yeah. know that was our step forward so what we'll do after the gigs is we'll get together again mm. and you can guide us <laughs> well I mean, that, that's my thoughts you know to, to have went to this stage just now and you've recorded stuff and it sounds so good and it sounds so fresh but there's there's obviously there's still that the, the scars through it um, you know would it be good to get in the studio and, and record some stuff properly and maybe even release something yeah I mean we'd, I, I would love to do an album of this stuff just because it's so exciting and the, the end product is so great and it's so so very enjoyable uh, you know working with the other three guys I mean, it's just like, so much fun and I, I guess you are all pretty busy. Tam, I've just uh, recently seen stuff for the, the revelations of Rab McVie, another, uh, well, there's an Edinburgh Festival, some gigs come up as well, so I guess uh, you're always busy. Aye, I mean, that's been an absolute cracker to be involved with because with filthy tongues, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I think of that, I looked on that as a culmination of, you know, all the time I've been in, in this, but then, you know, this feels like it in, in ways it's, um, that it's, it's stuff that comes from back then, you know, back in 1980, I'm just then caught up now in the, uh, the show that I did with Fire Engines at the festival in 1980. We did this cantata, it was called, called Why Does a Pope Not Come to Glasgow? Uh, with Fire Engines playing their songs, songs that I'd written for the show, that ended with a call to strike for general strike, and it's we've got a recording of that, which is brilliant. I, I'm sorry, I promised it to another radio station. First. <laughs> <laughs> and and you're a Glasgow man in this all this time. There's something wrong here. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's on my my, my station. Although 
work along with a guy called Johnny Brown, his in Band of Holy Joy, his show Bad Punk. Yeah. Um, it's it's got to be on that. Um, but uh, that sort of gig theatre type of thing, and the same thing that like thinking in terms of how do we put together shows as a band, you know, as uh, that uh, that can have that have theatrical edges to it and stuff like this as well that it's it's all just like policy it's so wonderfully open mm-hmm. to, us, uh, to be able to to look at the possibilities and then you know i i mean the great thing with this is well that douglas has been mcintyre has been such a great di- driving force for us and you know giving us opportunities to uh, to do things like, like you have the periods and mm-hmm. that as well but his band port sulfur um, that's who we were playing with on uh, the uh, the sixth of May and seventeenth uh, of June, um, and that's so brilliant as well that we've you know got sort of alliances with different bands now in that way as well. That uh, so these offer up different possibilities as well. That you know because it is sort of strength in numbers and that you can work things out between you rather than just being sort of isolated band on your own trying to you know to sort of to take on the world mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. now I'm, I, we're going to talk about the gigs and you know tickets and information and stuff like that but let's play the third of the the demos that you recorded then so radiation tell us about that one god paul okay well this is like basically made out in newspaper headlines I, I was going to say in 40 years time but actually it's right now so it's um the, the thing that keeps me awake at night is, you know, uh, observation, uh, data privacy, the kind of, uh, the, the kind of evilness of pollution and, and, mm-hmm. and people's health being harmed uh, because of the kind of policies that allow, allow people to sort of screw up the environment and intentionally spy on other humans for no good reason other than to uh, harvest money off them. And was this written back in the day? That's looking into the future. Just written last year, right. before last, yeah. Right, so here it is. This is uh, The Scars featuring Tam Dean Byrne and Radiation. Now they're not that feed on my brain stem. 
Yeah, radiation. Wow, eh? <laughs> now, remind us when the gigs are then. <laughs> I, well, I'm, I'm still bowled over with listening to that. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I mean, honestly, we've, we've only done these songs half a dozen times at most together. It, and it's like the range in them, and that just as songs already, you know, just as these sort of demos that we got together for a couple of hours last Sunday to, it's just like gobsmacked to me and makes it, it's so exciting <laughs> it really is and it's so great to hear them on the radio <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, in answer to your question <laughs> the gigs yeah. uh, 6th of May, CCA, Socky Hall Street in Glasgow and then 17th of June in West Register Street the Voodoo Rooms, Edinburgh and tickets gigs both gigs, special guests are actually it's a co-headliner officially with Port Sulphur. Yeah, but which will be great as well. Yeah, yeah and I've got band. Douglas's album, so yeah. yeah. And um I did see them at the CCA. Yeah, would that be an album launch? Anyway, it's it's, it's a gig not to be missed in my book. Anyway, what about rehearsals? Then you get a few you get rehearsals before then. How's how's his oh. fix for doing all that? <laughs> I don't know if we should give away our secret ingredient <laughs> rehearse the day before the gig uh, that'll probably do it yeah well the, the, the stuff that's there and if we're saying it's a demo it sounds great as well you know so really looking forward to it aye 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 first day yeah yep. that's what gives us such confidence to just hear that and to know you know that where we're at because uh, yeah this has been a great help to us Derek thank you very much yeah Good no problem at all I don't know that I could cope right enough, but uh, gigs, uh, tickets, stuff like that, where's the information? Where should we be looking? Well, with the uh, CCA, it's their own uh, website, uh, Glasgow CCA, Centre for Contemporary Arts. Um, you get the tickets there for the Voodoo Rooms. 
Uh, I'm not quite sure. Video rooms, go to Fret's Concerts website. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can also see it on our socials. That's the Scars Twitter right. account and Facebook uh, page. And the, the Frets is Douglas's set up as well, isn't it? Yeah. That's right. So that's yeah. Douglas's uh, promotions company. Yep. Tickets left? Yeah, there's still a few for the video rooms, but not many. So please uh, get yours while you can. And then CCA, I think, yep, there is still some left for that as well. Now, I've got to thank you for taking the time out and doing this for us. You know, it's always great when people support us. It's not always not easy to, to do these things, so you know it's been great. And, and obviously recording some stuff because we couldn't get a live session here as well has been great for us. do really appreciate it. And we'll come back live. Yeah, we'll come back to live. Once you've done your world yeah. tour, <laughs> you can squeeze us back in then. Now, I, I did say to Paul to, to maybe play something for the back catalogue, so what have you chosen, Paul? Um, I think we'll in the yeah go. I think we'll play uh, Psychomodo since we're going to play that at our live show. Yeah, and I'll stick in something with the bum clocks as well, Tam, because uh, I do right. like to play them. And you know, it's uh, did you you released that an EP? Was it last year? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah on Ramrock Records. Yeah. Yeah, but well, it's something yeah, older. That's, that's all ongoing as well. You know, I'm still uh, playing with Russell and Malk and Coco. Yeah, it'd be good to catch you live again. As I say, the Wicker Man was was a few years ago now. So, right. Well, thanks again. Have a good one at the gig. I might get a chance to chat to you there at the certainly at the CCA. Anyway, but here's um, the scars from the back catalogue. This is Psycho Modo. Singing along, it's like a mask or something. No wonder where we belong. 
Hey, this is Lynn from Greenback, and you're listening to Derek McCutcheon on Cam Glen Radio. Hey, 
same height. Out the door. I feel further away now than I ever did before. You see, some things in life just gets too late to learn. I'm lost somewhere. Must have taken too many bobby tongues. Oh, I the sun's beginning and he's shining.
Calamista there, who's been out on tour with Young Fathers, and that was Feelings Gone. Here's Tree Boy and Ark, and this is Retirement.
McCutcheon. On Cam Glen Radio. Three go, I've got an ego, it won't let me go, what am I gonna do? A, B, C, D, paranoia's killing me, I'm dying on me, aching feet, what a way to go. Roll up, roll up, people always stroll up, so why don't you run? No, thank you. Big cats, small cats, some cats are fat cats, those cats are bad cats, what are we gonna do? in the world today There's an awful lot of trouble on the streets these days And it doesn't seem to matter what you do or say If a change is gonna happen gotta help it on its way A change's gotta come before too long I know Peace has gotta come and I could be wrong I know But I just What I can do You don't trust me and I don't trust you I bet you wish you did and I know I do Why have you got secrets cause I know you have If you've got something to hide then it must be bad A change's gotta come before too long I know Gotta come and I could be wrong, I know But I just don't know What I can do That was Zounds there with Can't Cheat Karma, and that's from an album which has just been released by Optimo. uh, I think the vinyls are maybe sold out, but check it out anyway. It's uh, all uh, punk songs from back in the day. Here's The Kidney Flowers. This is a brand new single from them. Actually, it's launched this weekend, and they've got a kind of small UK tour on the go, and I'll be catching them on Saturday night in Carlisle. But this is Lacey's.
From West House to Stonelaw, High Cross Hill to Cunnigarloon, and across the south east of Glasgow, this is Cam Glen Radio, 107.9 FM. Your voice, your music, your station.
That was good friends. Icky and Paul there from Finray with uh, A Place in the Sun, which is from their new album, The Big Sale, available on Bandcamp. And before that was the Kidney Flowers playing in Carlisle at The Source on Saturday night and doing an HMV in-store at 2pm in the afternoon. Here is Starboard Hazes and this is I Still Dream That I Can Fly. to Fernhill and across the southeast of Glasgow this is Cam Glen Radio 107.9 FM your voice your music your station
That was Spant there with Perks. That's from Flight of the Green Sheep EP. And Spant is Grant from one half of the Kidney Flowers. He's a bass player. And I'll catch up with him at the weekend. Here's uh, there's a new single out from the Black Lagoons. It's two tracks. Here's one of them. This is Coalface.
You're listening to Derek McCutcheon's Rebellious Jukebox on Cam Glen Radio, 107.9 FM. was the rotations there in Hollow Point, brand new from the Rag and Bone Man. He's got an album out. This is a title track from the album. This is Genetically Horrified.
That was Lovers Turn to Monsters there with Going Away to College. You've been listening to the Bellious Jukebox here in Cam Glen Radio on 107.9 FM with me, Derek McCutcheon. Hope you caught this the new tracks there from The Scars featuring Tam Dean Byrne. Remember the gigs coming up at the CCA and uh, the Voodoo Rooms through in Edinburgh as well. And um, Kidney Flowers in Carlisle on Saturday if you fancy it at the Source Collective in the evening and HMV in the shopping centre in the afternoon. Going to close the show with, uh, I was going to play something from Shine So Hard, but the tracks on that are going to be too long for the, the end of the show. I think it's um, 42 years today that that was released. But here is Echo and the Bunny Man, this is Crocodiles. Down. 
Taggart to Bankhead from Flemington to Fernhill and across the southeast of Glasgow. This is Cam Glen Radio 107.9 FM. Your voice, your music, your station. Something keeps knocking 